Another episode of Walker's Appeal, aka The Appeal. This is on the Wake Up Radio. I am Oz Bryan and my co host, Rob. Brother Rob. I'll give a shout out to Cindy Cindy Ashby, uh, the the best producer and engineer a poor Negro like myself could ever ask for. Got a, a great show for you. Uh, and, and as always, you know, we, we had the appeal always function in the spirit of Sankofa, where we look back in order to move forward. Uh, we don't move forward until we move back. <laughs> guest is going to be Brother O.C. Burns from out in Las Vegas, is it? Yes, sir. Well, welcome, welcome, welcome. We had some technical difficulties last week, uh, and now we gotta we gotta make up for it. Um, it can happen. That's how you know it's live. That's how you know we're live, and in, in black life. You, one thing you do learn is how to deal with uh, with uh, things that come up. <laughs> we kind of have to nowadays. Yeah, they say we've been divinely prepared, so it ain't no thing. <laughs> so, That's what the term providence means. Yeah. So you know, we're not gonna. I'm gonna get right get right to it. So, uh, brother O. C. Burton. Um, I know you got a program out in Las Vegas. I'm gonna give you the floor. Uh, introduce yourself to the beautiful, the beautiful people out there. How's everybody doing this wonderful day? Um, my name is O.C. Burton II, I'm managing director of Shop Yet Organization. And what we have is seven components of age-specific and grade-specific programs that are academic and socially economic oriented for people of African descent. Uh, while, you know, we try to stay open-minded and serve uh, the populace uh, as people we are, this uh, program, particularly the adult program, are specifically for the African-American uh, it includes post-traumatic slave syndrome, and then it carries you up with life skills, career, business, and entrepreneurship. We have a two-course, six-lesson beginner's manual that will prepare you, and the only way you get out of this program is to open up a business. It originally was a 26-week program. It still is, but 
I don't want to say it's so well laid out, but most people 10, 11, 12 weeks and they're opening the business that they came open. Um, we also have as one of our seven components, an early learning center, two-year-old academy, which has not been established as an academy yet. We have worked with several two-year-old children, and they're amazing. That, that's the age that I like to work with. Um, they come with life skills. They come ready. You just have to introduce them to the process in the system and they catch right on inventory, uh, sales and marketing. And, and people look at me like, no, no. Yeah. Yes. That is the age where the mind is wide open and whatever you provide as a curriculum for it, they're sponges and they're, they'll bother their parents to come back. Believe you me. From there, we have Future Entrepreneurs, which is an elementary school program. It really just introduces the young mind, you know, like if they didn't get the early learning center concept, and we just walked into elementary school, we would do our mobile program, Future Entrepreneurs. We have area entrepreneurs come in, do a presentation, bring an item that they give away at their business, or an item that they have, and snacks, and Q&A. And I've done this most of my life, not new to me. It's new to the public school system, but there are also area programs that love this. You know, it's an introductory program to entrepreneurship. It lets them know and see themselves or someone that looks like them in business or as an entrepreneur. Uh, from there, we have our commemorative program, Kid Shop. It is our middle school program. It is our flagship program. This is the age that we need to harness our children into the world of academia, history, life skills, get those bad habits out of them that they've seen and portrayed and it is the program that we're going to make an institute out of very shortly, the Kid Shop Institute. Look for it in Michigan and in Nevada very shortly. And then we go up, I'll be real quick about these last ones. YET is our high school program. YAET is our young adult program, 21 to 34. It gives the young adult an option to the main curriculum and an OJT for ownership program. Kids Shop Yet organization owns several businesses, mostly businesses that I've done in the past. We've upgraded them and we're making them available to people in this program and the adult, other adult programs for purchase after they do one year. Ad agency, ticket agency, concert promotion firm, uh, we're looking at a car lot. We're getting more into service-oriented business. My background has been 
uh, advertising, marketing, constant promotion, retail, convenience store, consultant company, et cetera, et cetera. And then we have a grown folks business program and an age program. That's our senior program. We're beginning to market it here heavily in Las Vegas and in Michigan. And it is age because it's attitude, guidance for entrepreneurship and enterprise. And the goal of this program is to break the bondage of the young and the old by matching those good students in our younger programs with a career-oriented or a business entrepreneurship-oriented senior. That's good. So that's cool. That's what we do. I like that. I like that. Well, that's, well, the, that's the basic components of what we do. We also have other programs. Uh, human, we have a human rights department uh, that I head up. I'm a social activist. I'm an advocate for social justice, particularly in the family court system. Uh, why did you, if you, you said uh, Michigan and Las Vegas. Those seem to be two kind of desperate locations. Why are those two locations? Well, what I've done is I've, I've looked at where, well, I was born in Highland Park, Michigan, and I'm taking the okay. program back home. Um, River Rouge, most of the cities that are heavily uh, black in Michigan don't have school districts, and that's not by accident. Yeah. And the water, the water is very bad. We're also. Said it was okay. Said it was delicious. We're also. We have a um, internet radio station in Syracuse, New York. What I'm doing now is I'm matching the program that I just mentioned, and we're adding internet broadcast training. Um, we have a station here in Vegas that's doing very well, and we have a station in Highland Park. Um, we're yet to get into Birmingham. Uh, I'm trying to donate the program to the mayor. But it's a bad time now, and when we had everything ready to go, COVID came, yeah, and now yeah. he's he's running for re-election. So we kind of backed off there. We're going to have a blues station in uh, Birmingham, Alabama, and we're going to have the program there as soon as we can get uh, set up with the politics. Okay, okay. So um, that's a lot of information about your program, but. So can you tell us a little bit about your own personal story about how you got to this point? So like, so, so the folks out there understand the connection. Like you, you, I know you just didn't pop out the blue with this. So can you tell us a little bit about your own journey? No, it didn't come up out of the blue. It was a lot of research and development and noticing things in my journey. Uh, I started my first business in Highland Park, Michigan at the age of 19. Um, I started providing a way uh, transportation to uh, our basketball uh, team games. I came from a, a basketball school that was very good. The year I started, we won the championship uh, for the state. It produced Terry Bewad, who recently passed, and went on to play the three teams in the NBA and got a ring with Boston Celtics. Uh, okay. 
Reggie McKenzie came from my high school. He blocked for OJ with the Buffalo Bills. Um, if you remember the story, Glory Road, um, the young man, uh, his uh, Bobby Joe Hill. Uh, if you go back and watch that, Bobby Joe Hill was a Holland Park star uh, in basketball, as was George and John Trapp, who played in the NBA. And every city has its basketball stars. So we did a, a way transportation to the games. Then we got into victory parties. Then I got into icebreaker concerts. And then I got fully vested into concerts. I did, I did Ray Charles with some partners who brought me in and trained me. Uh, Quentin Perry, well, very uh, a mogul in the business of tourist production. And uh, Reginald Smith and Robert Hudson from Al Hudson One Way, he was their cousin. They trained me. So that brought me into business at a young age. And city to city as I moved on my now knowing a spiritual journey, uh, I did then dab into other businesses. And I saw the roadblocks that were established specifically to keep us out of business. We... Black people, number one, but particularly poor people were never intended to be a part of capitalism other than have it built off their backs. So what we've yeah. done is we made it easy for people to understand the capitalist, capitalistic system of business because it is quite different. It is sometimes outrageous, I mean, unrighteous, outrageous, and corrupt. And we come from another uh, order of business, uh, first class, courteous customer service and righteousness. Um, my journey has been learning. Now we're at the money point. I'm at the point, show me the money. That's why we go into all these areas and areas that we need actual ownership. We need to have ownership in every level of business. I always say, jokingly, but seriously, if they have Red Cross, we need Black Cross. Disaster That's right. <laughs> They're right. In Birmingham, I happened to experience when a tornado came through one of our areas, uh, Al Gore came down, skipped over the Black area. They got no relief. So we had to have a campaign to call the White House. And about three weeks later, President Carter came down. Not President Carter, uh, Clinton, I'm sorry, came down and uh, immediately got services to the area. I understand the history of the Clinton, but um, I've always been able to get, uh, I call him Slick Willie, to his face, <laughs> and he laughs about it. Uh, to come do things. He wrote a personal letter to all of our children that were in the Kid Shop program originally in 96, 97. And you should have saw those children running down the street with the letter. The president wrote me. The president wrote me. People were pulling over, looking at the letter, and he personally signed it. And, um, you know, I take my hat off to him for taking the time to do that. So that's been... Um, my partial history, uh, I come from the family that originally 
donated the first 200 acres to build Tuskegee University. So it's always been a a life of assistance. Um, I try not to use help, the word help, because most people take that as do it for me. But if you tell them that you're going to assist them, then they realize that they got to put some skin in the game. So the connection to Tuskegee, that's why uh, I was going to ask you about Alabama. So it's the family connect. Your family's from Alabama, and so that's that's why you're focusing. You're focusing also on on Birmingham. Is that yes, your, my, is that yeah, yes. My grandfather was originally a sharecropper. Uh, had a multitude of acres. Uh, now it's down to about 135. And I'm beginning to develop an amphitheater on it. If you ride down through Chilton County, Verbena, you'll see a bridge for miles. It's the only bridge. My granddad had that bridge built, Hilburton, when the state came through and built I-65. And he immediately entered negotiations with the state because he couldn't get to the other side of his property which was the larger side. He had 85 acres on the other side. And he had a one-room schoolhouse. He had houses that he rented and leased out, and he did agriculture. So now I pulled together the grandchildren and the great-grandchildren, and we have a real estate entity that we're going to be opening up out here in Highland Park. We're going to dibble and dabble in Syracuse, and I don't know if we're going to do Birmingham or not. But that heritage is, yes, why we're in Birmingham. That's cool. That's cool. I respect that. I respect that. Yeah, I mean, and um, <laughs> and I like the way you said uh, you don't use the word help. It was like, I'm a, I'm a, I consider myself a student of Booker T. And, you know, he, he, he never thought he would never say help either, right? We all contribute. I remember reading stories about when he was building the school about, you know, he took any kind of donation. You know, if you had a pig, that's fine. That was a good donation. If somebody had a female pig, somebody else had a male pig, and you, you if that, 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 it's the only thing you could donate. That was fine because then you could put them to breed them, breed them pigs together and have a whole bunch of pigs, and now you got a, you got something going. That's right. right? That's making something out of nothing. Booker T. Washington um, and my great uncle, Thomas Whitlow, were best friends. Okay, all right. I have some I have some communications from the two, and and I'm just going to throw this out there. Most people don't know how or what caused Booker T. Washington to transition, and I have uh, some written material from Thomas Whitlow because he was the one that met him at the train after Booker T. Washington was beaten. At the Atlanta yeah. Exposition. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I always heard it was because he was being because uh, something to do with George Washington Carver. Like, he wasn't supposed to be teaching hard sciences, and they found out he was doing that in the basement or something like that. And and so I, I'm not sure how accurate that is. Yeah, it, it was an array of things. That was some of it. Uh. <laughs> Well, you know, we, we're always not supposed to be doing anything in our own best interest. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think uh, folks got to really study Booker T. Uh, the, if you if you just listen to like the shallow stuff, then you you don't really get the point. You know uh, what, what he was really trying to do. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um. So what? Well, no, no. Go ahead. No, go ahead. You you want to say something? No, I was just going to say that most people don't understand that. Anytime you do anything in America to move people of African descent forward, it's met with opposition, basically because of jealousy and envy. And they like to put that out that they're superior, but they actually know the opposite. And that's why they kept their foot on our necks as much as possible. Amen, amen. Amen. Rob, you got any questions? Oh, uh, as far as the, uh, thank you for coming, number one. Uh, your program sounds very interesting. Um, <clears throat> uh, as far as the entrepreneurship program, is there, are the businesses linked in, in any way? Are, is there a, a place that one, our listeners can go to see some of these products? Uh, as far as shipping and networking, are the businesses linked in any way? Like if, if you make a widget, is there somebody else in the program that you can source the parts to make your widget from? So as far as the supply chain and building that way. Yes. So I guess that's two questions. Sorry. <laughs> yes. However, COVID threw a wrench. You know, I'm mostly bricks and mortar. You know, I'm 65 okay. years old. So I had bricks and mortar ready to go in um, March of 29, no, of 2020. March 3rd, my sister passed. That was oh. inch one. April 17th in Vegas, we went on lockdown for COVID. But it gave me a, a period of time to get caught up technologically. So, you know, that link was broken during that period of time, and we haven't been able to reconstruct it, reconstruct it. Um, in terms of business to business, um, I did that in entertainment, and it's perfect. We own a booking agency, which came through our leg- uh, legacy fund, because we have a funding company, CNA Funding Group. And it's Helen Greer's agency. She mostly did work in Atlanta, San Francisco, and then her later years she landed in Vegas and retired. We picked the agency up. So now we can offer booking services. We have a management agency. We have a management and representation in, uh, agency. We represent people in their business, and we also manage authors, uh, one actor, and several entertainers and artists, and we're looking at some comedians. Um, And then we also have OBE Music Group, which is a concert promotion firm. Entertainment has been kind of blocked. Um, It came back out, but this time we we linked with a partner who is a videographer. He has six cameras, professional cameras, and we're going to be doing pay-per-view 
uh, of our events if we go back in on lockdown. So that's where we have the firm linkage. Um, we will have that same linkage in our ancillary businesses, the ad agency, the ticket agency. You can take those two and link to the promotion firm. And we're looking at a few other things, you know, after this COVID thing has died. This has just been a, a debacle. No, I don't know if that's ever going to <laughs> yeah. go away. Yeah, It's very rare that people find a way to control the system and they give it up. Usually. True. But, you know, oh, yeah. oh okay, and mm-hmm. I was just going to say, no, no, it, it can be taken. They may not want to give it up, but their time is up. It has to. Yeah. So, um, uh, how do you, so, some, one of the things that, uh, when you're talking about, uh, black business, um, individualism, you're trying to build a collective spirit where, uh, institutions support off the institutions and then, you, you know, you keep, you create that environment where the, the black dollar stays in the black hand as long as possible. How, uh, create, uh, I don't know, some philosophy or thinking that uh, defeats individualism, where somebody just not just, uh, or children or the business owner isn't just thinking, oh, I got mine, I don't care about nothing else. Uh, so well, how, what steps do you take to ensure that folks are really communal? Right? We, we, we're in business, but we're in business for the collective good, not just the individual good. That's an excellent question. Uh, first time I've been asked that, and I appreciate it because we have a solution for it. Um, first of all, we knock out the word compete, competition, and we replace it with cooperation. And I have a recent story that two business owners understood what I said. When I said it, they were like, uh-uh, he ain't my, why would I cooperate with him? I said, well, number one, it's your brother. You're both yeah, in the I like that. I like that. <laughs> You're both in the restaurant business on separate sides of town. And let's just say some tourists come in and you're out of things. I've been in your restaurant and a lot of what I wanted you were out of because, you know, you sold it. It's not that you didn't have it. You sold it that day. Um, and this brother who's across the street, I mean, um, on the other side of town has it. Why wouldn't you tell the tourists or the people locally to go there? Because now you open up a cycle where human reciprocity can begin to play. And they were totally foreign to it, but it happened. The next <laughs> no, no, they were. And, and it happened the next week. What what I mentioned to them happened the next week, and they did it, and that opened their eyes to a universal principle of human reciprocity. The other thing I do is I teach the word interdependent, and you'd be surprised how many people have never heard of that because, like you said, like you pointed out in the question, We've been taught to be individuals. 
But you can't be an island. No. And what are you doing? surviving way. What are you independent of? Air? Water? Mm -hmm. What? Nobody who wakes up made their bedspread, their mattress, their sheets, the soap. <laughs> well, some might have made the soap. I'll take that one off. I know, because we're, we're getting into that. <laughs> but, <laughs> but everything is a system of interdependency. We all are dependent upon other people showing up to work and doing their job every day. Sure. But and we have to use functional community before you can understand what one is. Yes. And a lot of people, I don't think, understand. It's like trying to explain water to a fish. Yeah. You know. or, or like we say here, does a fish know it's in water? Exactly. It, it would. Do, I mean, what? <laughs> <laughs> and and then we have a total organization that is a year old. Um, it's three young men that were survivors of our first uh, internet radio station, and they have formed a LLC called Team IWE. Together, each achieve mission, make the eyes we. And very shortly, they will be sponsoring some networking workshops for togetherness and unity. And I'm so happy that they've gotten to this point. They're much younger than I am. But these guys hung in there. It was nine other men and young men in that first a business attempt, and we ended up totally with five out of the 12. The other two are doing other things. So, yes, in turn, go ahead. I'd like to uh, take it back a little bit uh, to the education uh, portion and entrepreneurship portion of your program. Okay. Do you go into, uh, with, with a lot of the, you said you have a large stake in entertainment. Do you does that extend to like artist uh, education? Are you going into like contract negotiation? You know, making sure that they get a fair shake. So if they go out, if they do get that break, if and when they do get a good deal, if they're negotiating for themselves and not in the favor of some other producer. Or yes, um, we're a part of the blockchain, and it's called uh, Verse Books. I will send it to you. It is a new technological way for an artist to just log on, uh, become a member at whatever level, and begin to do their ASCAP, CSAC, BMI for themselves, where, they're on, where they will own their publishing. And also, it allows you to introduce your music with the hologram technology. I'll send that to you. I'll send it to Cindy after this. We've been, uh, I have a partner from Detroit that basically is a, a big proponent of it. And uh, he was involved in somewhat designing it. And we are pushing that 100%. Prior to receiving that, we've never done it, but we do have, here again, COVID, but we do have the concept to have 
internet radio stations, studios, and artists in a swap meet kind of situation. I'm looking for another word. But we're going to be doing events with those three entities present with information tables. Um, that is greatly needed, particularly with the young entrepreneurs of hip hop. Um, many, 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 many of them want to be artists, but they have no knowledge of show business. It's all show, show. And I consult with them. I consulted with about 20 artists here in Vegas since COVID was lifted. And I've given them our basic contract to have and to read and to study. And recently two of them came to me. When you handed me this, I didn't have a clue of what it was. But just, you know, researching it and breaking it apart, it's a three-page document. And um, they're very happy that they got it from me and they understand it now. And, and that's what I try to do as an instructor. I try to make them do it. Because when you hold their hand and provide everything to them, that's not a learning situation. That's a, that's a give me situation. You know. Well said. Well done. I mean, it sounds like you got a, a real lot going on there. Cause, so I'm a, I, I teach finance and I teach marketing myself out here in New York. And in, in, in trying to get these concepts across my my, my students, it can be a challenge at times, right? Because, you know, there's stuff yeah. what the world tells them. Now I'm trying to tell you something uh, that's uh, more beneficial to you, right? Yeah, yeah. It, you know, I have my nine-year-old grandson with me now. And uh, it's very challenging for both of us because he's been away from his grandfather who's been in business for 46 years. And he's been with his mother, who's one of my students, and his grandmother, who I was married to at one time. And she was very good when I had VHS stores. She's a very good worker. And I was able to teach her management. She actually managed the stores. I think I broke my tibia. And she just fell right in. And, and she was a trooper. But he is uh, very talented at nine. Give him a phone. He'll break it down and tell you all about it. See a car. He'll tell you all about the car, the engine. Some cases, the years that they made the car, particularly luxury cars. But ask him to go in a book and follow the index. When I initially did it to him about four weeks ago, he really started to break down. He said, Granddad, I, I'm not ready for this. But, <laughs> but in three weeks, he can put together the beginner's manual. And I asked him today, I said, how do you feel? He said, I feel good because I'm making progress. That's right. That's right. So that's a yeah. component of the program. You know, sometimes you have to back off and come another way, you know, and that's what I did with him. And that's what he taught me because that's, that's difficult for me. You know, with the things that I've done in my life, these things are easy to me, 
um, a lot of times I have a problem building out a client because they want me to put together a business uh, development and training package for them. And, and this may sound strange to people, but that actually takes me, depending on business, less than five minutes. It's not a lot. Uh, uh, see, we have to understand that our oppressors who operate this system added a lot of things that aren't necessarily necessary yeah. for value. So you, you can't give a person three pages of information and charge them $20,000 a year. <laughs> like they're in it. They, they say it all the time, added value. Yeah, they, they tell you. But people don't know what that means. You can well, that's actually, actually a question I wanted to get into with you. Oh, okay. Um, what, what is, uh, continue. No, no. Continue that thought, though, because the third year is pretty important. I think. Go ahead. No. What I, What I was going to say is, business is broken down. My beginner's manual has two core studies in it and six lessons for one hundred ninety nine dollars. If you want to do the book and a correspondence course. When you break business down, it's startup ownership. Now there's some subcategories and some sub processes, but it's basically startup. Ownership, operation, management, advertising, marketing, promotion. That's it. Okay. Well. And, and the business principles go from business to business. Once you learn the principles, it'll take you a short period of time to go in and learn a computer store, a phone store versus a auto dealership or auto lot. You just have to learn the product. Once you learn the principles, it's just learning the product. And most people don't get that. They struggle, struggle, and struggle because okay. of individualism and the way they've been trained in the public school education system. <laughs> okay, that, that, that's part of what I wanted to hit on, too. Um, with you, uh, something that I used to struggle with myself that I've noticed, and I think a lot of other people may as well. How do you break out of that mindset of just, well, if I work harder, you know, the get into the work smarter versus work harder method that a lot of us are indoctrinated into? It's easy to say and you try and remind yourself of it, but like you said, a lot of successful business or successful negotiation is knowing what what's important versus what's just bureaucracy and how to separate the two. And when you're running into that circle, how do you identify that? Is that part of it? Are there any tips you could give someone to noticing when you're getting into that rut or that circular mindset? What you're, what I call that you're talking about is habituation. And habituation can be broken by the continuance of doing the opposite, the solution for it. A lot of things in this system, if you look at it, if you just start doing the opposite of what you've been trained to do, it actually takes 21 to 30 days of consistency with sustainability to break a bad habit or a bad circumstance in your life. Most people yeah. don't know that. Okay, I'm out on that. It takes 30 days to build a habit. Build or break. Break, yeah. 
is, you know, we live in a system of duality. You know, if you, if you understand that you have a problem reading, it's just a matter of going back and learning your letters, your sounds, and then connecting that and get a dictionary. And as you begin to learn to, to read the words that you don't understand, look them up. The problem is most people don't want to do the work. And our soldier to become the people that our ancestors were, most people don't want to do the work. This is work. It's not going to be laid in your lap, and no one is going to do it for you. It's not in their best interest. We are a sleeping giant. Once you wake it, and it gets the eye Johnny out of its eye, it brushes its teeth, it cleans out its mouth, it washes its body, it's going to be dangerous because we are a very innovative and creative people. It is still in us. It's just lying dormant. We have the capabilities to be a superpower. That's what we were. We have to gain the ability, and that takes learning, but you have to unlearn some bad habits first. A miseducation of the Negro. <laughs> there you go. How did you what? It was real. Yeah. It was real. Because I, I, tell, I always say, um, it was first it was illegal for us to know how to read. Then they try to control what you read. And now in modern times, they just give you the wrong thing to read. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. And, and yeah. see, I'll add to that illegality. Many were murdered for being able to read and teaching others. Now that's yeah. something that's deep. Yeah. That's very deep. And some of that is in our gene pool. It's in our genealogy. And that's difficult to overcome. But you got to work at it. Absolutely, absolutely. So, uh, and so how long have you been at this in Vegas now? Um, <laughs> I started putting this program together in uh, January of 15, probably okay. November, December of 14. And I, fin I finished December 2020. It was a five-year journey because each level has a manual. There's a full curriculum. If you go on our website, www.ksyet.org, you will right. see our curriculum books. Even we have a book from Deepak, uh, what is his name? Topker. Uh, he wrote a very good book on spiritual law. But I push the community of self from Dr. Naeem Akbar, and they stole it, but you must return it from Dr. Richard Williams, and then Dr. King wrote a book, Where Do We Go From Here? Chaos to Community. That's right, that's right. And I took some of, some of my work came from, he had a plan that he hid in that book. And I picked up on some of it and, and utilized it in putting our program 
together. Our programs are solution oriented. I actually have what is called a school, but I've learned not to use their terminology. They get upset, they get jealous, and that's why I chose to use Institute Academy, etc. Those words came from our ancestors. Understood. Understood. Good work. Good work, man. Sounds like you got a lot going on. <laughs> I, I got to come out there and, and check it out because, uh, you know, wherever black people are prospering, uh, we need to always share that information. You know, that's, uh, <clears throat> we might be in Vegas and we might be in New York, but we're part of the same community. That's a beautiful thing. That's right. <laughs> we're all part of the African diaspora. That's right. That's right. That's right. I would say though, once once I get set up in Highland Park, I want you to visit there. Highland Park, Michigan. It's a suburb, not a suburb, but it's a city that is surrounded by Detroit on three sides and Hamtramck on the fourth side. And that's where I was born and raised. Henry Ford built that time. And we had everything. And uh, now it has diminished to no school system. Basically, it's only one school left, and that's a charter school. All of the schools that I attended except for high school are closed down, and one is torn down. And that is throughout black areas in Michigan. And it's not by accident. Not at all, by no means, by no means, by no means. Yeah, we will. We we went through our struggles up here, out here in uh in Queens, New York, and we well aware of that it's not unique. It's systematic right. racism is a system of oppression. That's right. But um, it's, it's if look if we understood two things about human beings. Number one, six 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 is six neutrons, protons, and electrons. We are energy, frequency, and vibrations. If we would stop over a period of time, it's not going to happen all at once, giving these oppressors our energy and vibrations, they wouldn't be able to do what they do. That's how simple it is. If we would just turn our faces to our own interests and begin to develop our own things, be selfish for a period of time, we'd be all right and we'd be gaining our greatness. We're feeding the beast with our talents, our skills, and our economics but it's beginning to turn the tide now because of the spiritual awakening present on this planet right now. That's right. <laughs> as, the young, as the young folks say, facts. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Facts. <laughs> you know, so... And, 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 you know, to extend upon the answer of your earlier question, my sojourn assisted me, along with the source, universe, in putting this together. And it's it's not for everybody. 
because people immediately, what I learned so far, we've got about eight more years. I'm 65 now, you know, the next day is not promised. But I do have some, some legacy people who are intensively researching what has been accomplished with the assistance of the universe. I want to say that. I open up manuals every day and I read through them and I know that that information came through me, not to me. I didn't possess it before I wrote it. And I have several uh, position papers like that. Um, And I keep them here and they'll come out at a particular time. But we have something that people can hold mold, learn, and earn all at once. And other than Marcus Garvey, I can't point to too many people that have accomplished that. And I only accomplished it as a vehicle. If you ask me, uh, in 14, I left Vegas to travel the country to see where I wanted to move to. In 2006, I told some young men that I was sports betting with about the program I did in Birmingham. This program was done in Birmingham in 95, 96. Other than that, it had been out of my mind. And lo and behold, five years of my time, 108,000 hours and $60,000 of my money. Now we have a nine manual curriculum, course study, and lessons on life skill, business, career, and entrepreneurship. And we have some additional programs that I'll be announcing in Holland Park. I've always wondered why I wrote two, three sheets on them, but they needed them back home. That's right. Yeah, 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 yeah. You got to get this information. Um, but uh, let me, I want to, I want to, before I let you go, you can hang out with us for a little bit. Uh, I wanted to, so uh, every every episode, every week, uh, we reflect on some of the historical events that happened in black life uh, that week. And so uh, I just want to run through a few things here. If you don't mind, Brother O.C.? No, I'm, I'm on your time. I tell people to drive me. I'm on your time. <laughs> I appreciate you. So um, as always, uh, we function here at uh, Walker's Appeal. In the spirit of St. Copa. Uh, so this week, back in ninth, back in uh, eighteen, back in eighteen ninety-two, uh, was the founding of the Baltimore Afro-Americans. Uh, so the Baltimore Afro-Americans, sometimes known as the Afro News, is an African-American newspaper uh, founded in Baltimore, Maryland. Right again, so this is eighteen ninety-two. Right, because so, I always like to think look about the black institution that uh, we don't know about or we're not as familiar with as we should, but, uh, you know, our history is littered with accomplishments. Like, um, and you want, you want the young kids to know that they can do things, they've done things. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Make it and it starts just today. The Baltimore Af- Afro-American is still in existence to this very day, founded in 1892 in, in Baltimore, Maryland. Uh, also, uh, in, in 19... 19- 1904, this week, 
uh, was the Battle of Waterburg. Uh, this happened in uh, Western Africa. This was the genocide of an African people, uh, a whole tribe called the Hilaro. Uh It was a battle between them and, and the German army. Now, where they literally said, if, <clears throat> let, me, let, me, let me see if I can get the quote right. He said, uh, if I see, if you see one, yeah. any Hararo found within German borders with or without a gun, with or without cattle, will be shot. It was absolute genocide. I mean, we're mm. talking about a population of about 6,000. Uh, but they, they fought value. I mean, they fought. They, they, they thought they were coming to a, a, a treaty signing. And this was under, the, the, the leader was Samuel uh, Mahararo. And um, it ended up being an absolute massacre. Uh, again, what is now present-day Namibia? And so, uh, you know, and this is again 1904. So this is before World War One. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, <laughs> things that we should know that well, we're not. Uh, also, in 19 in 1906, uh, previously early in the year, we spoke about. Um, the Houston riots of 1917, uh, where the, the black infantrymen <laughs> the, uh, upon, and there's a movie about this called the, called the 24th, uh, okay. that takes some of the events. Uh, again, uh, in 1906, you have the, the Brownsville affair, also in Texas, uh, where, uh, the, the instruments are accused of starting a riot and, um, and uh, they are solemnly discharged, right, okay. without any celebrity. And the the sad part about it is that after evidence was 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 revealed to show that they were innocent, there was no compensation to their 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 their, 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 their ancestry. I mean, their descendants were mm-hmm. compensated. The one person, the one soldier who did survive, he was compensated. He was okay. given a temporary pension, the one who was shot, but the the family of the members who had passed away, they didn't really get anything. Um, mm. So, again, that's the Brownsville Affair of 1906. Uh, we also have, oh, yeah. Uh, again, there, there are a lot of uh, rebellions. Uh, throughout <laughs> every day, like literally 365 days a year, I can find a rebellion of some sort that happened in black history around race. Uh, but, uh, this week was also most famously for the Watts rebellion. Um, again, the, the relationship between the police and the black community <laughs> didn't start <laughs> with the Rodney King verdict, right? That, that, that was a whole lot of mistreatment, you know, um, the stop and mm-hmm. And the abuses, and it all came to a powder keg in uh, 1965, when a brother was um, uh, detained by police, and uh, you know a scuffle ensued. Allegedly, uh, a sister who was pregnant was kicked, and it led to four days of, of civil unrest. But mm-hmm. you know, as Martin Luther King says, right? Uh, this is how, this is how the unheard respond. If you keep abusing people and abusing people. What do you expect them to do? The point right. is going to try to do something different. And so um, I just want to remember those events that happened this week. Uh, many others happened. I thought those were really of, of import 
that we should not get ahead of them. Yeah, that that um, that was interesting. Yeah, we we black we do a lot and we've been through a lot, and um, you know, when they talk about uh, this is the anniversary of the Tulsa Oklahoma riot, right? Um, two years back, sixteen nineteen project, and then you had uh, that was also twenty nineteen was the anniversary of the rest almost nineteen nineteen. I mean, there's a lot of abuses. <laughs> mm-hmm. I, I would actually even watch, listen to uh, uh, another podcast about the Tulsa Oklahoma riots. And technically, we talked that gets a lot of play, but there were others that, and, and this is sad, like that wasn't an anomaly, right? No. If you think about Ocoee, Florida, if you think about Wilmington, North Carolina, mm-hmm. <laughs> there are some real atrocities. East St. Louis, there are some real atrocities uh, that, I mean, not just a, a one off lynching. You know, one life is too much, but there are many instances where we were massacred wholesale with no, with no justice, no, no, no kind of, uh, acknowledgement. And, um, it's, 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 it's sad, man, but, uh, you got to know your history. I think if you don't know your history, uh, Dr. Henry Clark says, um, your history is a political clock and your way you've been and who you've been. Who, where you are and who you are, and more important, most importantly, where you must go and what you must do. So, um, yeah. <laughs> if you don't know your history, you're more apt to repeat it. That's right. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Brother Rob, do you have any more questions for Brother 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 Burton? I have to wait. Some of them are going to have to wait to our next meeting. <laughs> okay. Um, okay. I would like to thank him for coming and hope to have him back. And I want to hear more about uh, the youth education programs too and how those schools came about. Okay, I'll send you updates. And um, I'm going to, because uh, Brother Joel, who does make me free, he's a par- actually a part of Team I Week. And um, I've okay, worked with. Okay. Well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've worked with um, Cindy for few years, a couple years, and um, we have an agreement to promote each other. That's and right. I really appreciate what you guys do now that I understand it, <laughs> okay? My mother used to tell me, and all you're getting, get an understanding. Because when, when, when Cindy sent me what you just did, I'm like, oh, no, I'm not prepared. You know, <laughs> I didn't know. It was a segment like it is. And and I applaud you guys for doing that. Keep it up. And we're going to promote your show so people tune in and listen to that because that's important. Like I said, and this is my ending, if you don't know your history, you're more apt to repeat it. So, again, uh, go check out uh, KF. Y K S K is in kick, S is in Sam, Y is in yellow, E is in in uh ever, <laughs> T is in Thomas dot org. Uh check out the website, uh support this brother, brother Burton, he's doing beautiful things out in Las Vegas. Right? You make these connections and um we learn from each other, right? Um you know, we'll, we'll, in the process of building a black community, there's a few there's something called the 80-20 rule. 
that says 80% of the work is done by 20% of the people. There's a mm-hmm. few folks who are going to take on more responsibility than others. And that's cool. But we get, once you, once you, if you want to be part of 20%, you got to stop making some kind of sacrifices. Um, my mentor always says, uh, I'm going to ask you this, but I was, you might, probably, you probably heard this one before. Uh-huh. What's the difference between the chicken and the pig in the ham and egg breakfast? Ooh, no, I've never heard of that one. <laughs> What's the difference uh, between the chicken and the pig in a ham and egg breakfast? Oh, I think I got it. The pig gave up his life. <laughs> mm-hmm. The chicken just gave up an egg. Yeah, he made a contribution. The chicken, the chicken made a contribution. The pig had to make a mm-hmm. sacrifice. Sacrifice, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So some folks make contributions and others make sacrifices. And uh both are important, but we, we gotta recognize the difference now. <laughs> you know. Yes, you right. know I like that. Made a sacrifice. <laughs> and and I'm gonna tell you all something. I had heard that years ago, but when I said I think I got it, I always yield to the universe. I said, universe, guide me on this. Yes, sir. And that's how quick it came. I mean, I wasn't totally correct, but I was in the same chapter of the same nah, you book. There, you were there, you were there. You were there. Yeah, I, I appreciate you guys. So, Rob, you got anything? You got any closing thoughts for the folks out there before we leave? No, you just, like, I think you just both summed it up, you know. It hits on universal truths sometimes like that. So, bacon, egg, and cheese. Not just a New York breakfast. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna leave with a quote from Steve Biko. It's better to die for an idea that will live than to live for an idea that will die. To next time, brothers and sisters, <laughs> Africans and Africans. Wow, I like that. Till next time. Peace. Peace. Look it up. Individual. Thanks for keeping the lights on, Dang. Sing the ash On the wake up. So here it is, y'all. Are you tired of being censored? Shadow banned? Shit, are you just tired of creating content and making these platforms famous? Well, I'm asking you to support OTW2. It's the black YouTube. Why you may say? Because our content is important and necessary. And because anytime we tell the truth, they shut us down on their platform. So we are behind enemy lines, so we cannot complain. We just got to move accordingly, smarter. So since we know many of our people won't just jump ship and go to a black site, what I'm telling you to do is don't post everything that is great on their platform. Give them perfect people a 10-second snippet, a 15-second snippet, and make them come to OTW Tube and come check you out. Support black things or stop complaining. Because only unity, black unity, and black economics can change our situation. Wake up, y'all. OTW Tube is where it's at.